Verbally Effective with Ina Esco is an interview-style podcast that intersects art, culture, politics, and entertainment with a Memphis focus. Each week, I'm joined by a featured guest with roots in Memphis. Verbally Effective delves into each guest's personal journey to uncover the incredible stories fueling their purpose, the highs and lows of their pursuits, and how through their passion, they are moving the culture forward. Yo, 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 what's up? It's your boy Howard Q. Hanging out with Double E, Ina Esco on the Verbally Effective Podcast. Player. Hey, it's your girl Shayna J with SJ Entertainment, here to fulfill all of your entertainment needs. And I'm with my girl Ina Esco with the Verbally Effective Podcast. Greetings, greetings, and welcome to another edition of the Verbally Effective Podcast. I'm your host, your double E, Ina Esco, and we are live today inside the WYXR studio. I am with the president and CEO of Memphis River Parks Partnership. She is also one of the 100 most influential urban planning experts. I am talking about the one and only Carol Coletta. How are you, beautiful? I am great. Good to be here with you. Yes, thank you so much for joining me today. We have a lot to discuss right here on Verbally Effective. And let me tell you guys how me and Carol met. Carol frequents Cossett Library often. I love it. It's in the neighborhood and what a special place it is. I love all the activity going on. Yes. You, it's like, is it a library? Is it a community center? Is it an art center? Is it what a creative is it? hub? Creative hub. There you go. Yes. And Carol and I met at Cossid, and Carol is doing some podcasting under the residency there. We're going to get into those podcasting discussion discussions, but it was such a pleasure meeting you, Carol. You are definitely a beacon in the city of Memphis. And, you know, we've had quite a few talks about the work that you're doing and I applaud you for everything. And we're going to get into it right now. What part of Memphis are you from, Carol? I'm from South Memphis. South of Memphis. What part of South Memphis? Give me some intersections. Oh, Longview Heights. Think Lauderdale and Macmillan. Um, Just right in the old hub if you if you think about it and you know where stacks is yes. it's what six eight ten blocks south i of know there. where that is yeah exactly tell me about where the old rosewood theater yes. was i mean it was like a perfect childhood i could gotcha. walk walk everywhere i could walk to the theater the bakery the the library there was a yes. branch library i could walk to school i just it was like and i'm still walking mm-hmm. <laughs> it taught me everything i needed to know about urbanism oh, wow. i'd get on the 13 lauderdale bus and come downtown by myself at mm-hmm. age 12 13 i mean it was yes. it was great what was the young carol into back in the day oh gosh well i was a music fan okay. um you know, I was a bit of a groupie. A groupie? Uh, well, at, at a young age, you know, <laughs> so it wasn't too dangerous when you were that right. young. But, uh, it, but you know, I really got into cities early and urbanism early. Seriously, I would mm-hmm. think about, like, how the city's put together and, um, you know, what I liked and what I didn't like. I loved downtown from, I would go downtown every Saturday mm. uh, when I was young and, I just, I thought it was magical mm-hmm. and still do. Yes. And you've seen quite a few changes in this city over the years. But tell me, what did Carol Coletta do once you graduated high school? <laughs> well, uh, let's see. I started to college, Memphis State at the time. Memphis with a, State. With a three-week-old. 
With a three-week-old. With a three-week-old. So okay. I managed to have my daughter between the time I graduated high school and the time I started to college. Mm. So when I went to college, it was like a race uh, mm-hmm. to get through. And um, anyway, that's a long story that you probably don't want to hear. <laughs> but it, but it was... Uh, it didn't leave time for a lot of other things, shall we put it that I was studying, yeah. I was working, and I was, uh, you know, going to school and taking care of my daughter. So yeah. it was a very full life that did not involve uh, college sororities, okay. shall we say. Gotcha. <laughs> so that whole yeah. thing is a mystery to me. You were on a mission. I was on a mission. I was on a mission to finish school and put and put enough, you know, keep a roof over our heads. What was your major at Memphis State? Memphis State. Uh, the first major that I finished was one in advertising and public relations in, okay. the, in the journalism department. Well, that's right up your alley. I know, and it served me really well. But then I went back and got a second major later that I designed myself through University College, which was early in its life then, but was just a, a real lifesaver for me because I wanted to put together um, uh, my own degree. And so I went back and, and put together a degree uh, called Urban, oh, I can't even think what, what we called it, but mm-hmm. it was this, uh, abil- it, it gave me the ability to study cities and urbanism and retail. I was actually running, by the time I went back to school, I was running a retail store in addition to my full-time job, which was running, believe it or not, downtown. Wow. You got to go back <laughs> and back and back. But, um, you know, I'd worked at City Hall in the in the chief administrative officer's office with all the first sort of uh, 70s uh, downtown remake projects, mm. Mud Island, the, mall, the Main Street Mall. I mean, lots of things um, under Mayor Wyeth Chandler at the time. So it was it was a just a gift to go back. And then later, you know, I dabbled in future studies at University of Houston and then later went to um, studied uh, design uh, and design thinking and uh, at um, in Chicago at uh, wow. ITT. So anyway, it was a it was really fun. Um, it sounds it, like yeah, it. it's a fun academic career that only makes sense in the rearview mirror. You know, nothing <laughs> in my life made sense looking forward, but everything makes sense now looking backwards. Gotcha. Now, for those who do not know what urban planning is, break it down for the verbally effective listeners. What is urban planning? Well, the simplest way to describe what I do, and I'm not trained, by the way, as an urban planner. Okay. That's a very specific uh, field of study, but um, but I study cities and what makes them successful. Mm-hmm. And I've done that all over the world in a variety of jobs. Uh, and I've had incredible opportunity to learn from others working in cities. So I've always looked at cities and how to remake them and how to make them successful through a through one a Memphis lens but mm-hmm. also a practitioner's lens so you know it's like fine to study things it's fine to read things um, and to think how they might work and I love to live in the what if mm-hmm. but the fact is when you get on the ground things don't always work oh, in the what if world yes right so you know I but but I love being held or tethered you know to reality of what 
actually works when you get on the ground yes. and the way people actually behave instead of the way you want them to behave. Okay, okay. You said something right there, Carol. Now, <laughs> you mentioned worldwide travels. What were some of your biggest takeaways from your worldwide travels to incorporate right here in Memphis? Oh, what a good question. Well, I, you know, I think in present-day Memphis, one of the things that, that I think we, we have been seduced by is this idea that there's only one issue uh, and we have to fix crime first before we do anything else. Do we need to address crime like every other city in America? Absolutely. Um, is that a serious problem? Absolutely. But you cannot simply focus on one problem uh, and expect it to uh, resolve all your other challenges and or to allow you to take advantage of all of your opportunities. And so I think you have to look at a city in terms of its challenges, but also its opportunities. And you have to be able to walk and chew gum at the same time. You have mm -hmm. to do those things simultaneously. Because if people uh, don't have hope that there's something better in a foreseeable future, they won't invest in whatever you're trying to get them to invest in. In this case, the Memphis frame, you're trying to get them to invest in Memphis. And you can invest in a lot of ways, your time, your attention, your, your love, your money, um, you know, your life decisions, all the above. And so if I think, um, well, there's only, ba only bad things are in the foreseeable future, I'm not willing to invest. So I, I think that's actually a real challenge in the current mayor's race mm. is we've had a very one-sided, one-track discussion without holding candidates uh, feet to the fire on where they see opportunities in Memphis mm -hmm. and how they intend to take advantage of those opportunities, even in the face of the challenges. Yes. It seems like the discussions are always front and center crime. Crime. What are you going to do about crime? That's like the, the main discussion, which is really, you know, really bad in Memphis right now. So, of course, I know people want to know about that. But you're right. What are the opportunities, right? Absolutely. And, and you have to, I mean, you've got to think. People are making decisions every single day as to whether they invest in Memphis or don't invest in Memphis. And so you got to give them something to invest in. And I think, you know, I look at Memphis as a place where uh, two things. I mean, the glass is half full. Mm -hmm. You got to look at it that way. And so, and I think we have some of the richest opportunities because of our demographics, not despite our demographics. Mm -hmm. And I honestly, in a racist America, and we are a racist America, um, you know, when you are the majority blacks, you're the biggest majority black city in the country, you have to think differently about your opportunities. You have to capitalize on our demography. You have to capitalize on that fact. And that's not common in America. There mm -hmm. are very few economic development plans or community development plans that say, let's capitalize on our blackness. Instead, it's like, oh, we have a lot of poor people. Oh, we have a lot of crime. Oh, and that's all true. But there's this incredibly rich opportunity in being the largest majority black city in America that I think strategically takes work and takes um, 
uh, takes real strategic thinking um, and boldness. You've mm-hmm. got to lean into blackness in, a, in Memphis if you want Memphis to be successful. There's no math that you can do that says Memphis can be successful unless black people, black businesses, and black neighborhoods are successful. Yes. It, the math doesn't work. So that to me is the imperative, and it's also the most exciting opportunity when I think strategically about the future of Memphis. Okay, okay. I really like what you said, and it makes sense, Carol. Um, Tell me how you've leaned into the demographic here in Memphis. Uh, Great question. I, I see that there's such a big part of the story about Memphis that we are not telling as robustly as we need to tell it. Um, And I think that involves, I mean, there's this, the most exciting people doing the most exciting things who come to us at Memphis River Parks Partnership are generally black. And they have, they are producing events that attract black people that's Mm -hmm. great because that's the market and uh doesn't mean white people like me don't have a a place Mm -hmm. Uh, we do i I hope we do uh we we need a place but that's you know it's like there's all this energy and entrepreneurship and people doing things that i'm like well no one thought about that before Mm -hmm. or or no one thought someone who looks like you could do that before and then that brings a different flavor that brings a different angle on things and uh, america is in this moment of of celebrating diversity and we have to learn i think to grab onto it and go this is our moment Mm -hmm. um and so i i think that is that's where we have, again, this unusual, extraordinary opportunity that no other city in the country can claim. And we ought to be putting, you know, all of our, uh, all of our energy into figuring out how that is our asset. Yes. Carol, I am so shocked you are not running for mayor of Memphis. <laughs> have you ever thought about it? You know, that's funny you'd say that because <laughs> you I get think, that question a lot. No. Well... Let me say, that's the only job, this is funny, every job I've had has been great. They've all taught me something. Mm -hmm. But I've never really wanted, you know, I've never like, oh, that's the job I want. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's turned out to be that's the job I love. I've had a lot of jobs I love, including this one. But the only job I ever wanted was to be mayor, which is really funny. Um, But when I was a kid... I think I must have been in high school, but I wrote the mayor at the time what he should do with Beale Street. What did you tell him <laughs> in this letter, Carol? I actually told him that <laughs> he should recapture uh, the uh, the historic entertainment roots, the historic black roots, to make sure it was local, not a set of of um, uh, chains, and um, and he believe it or not, responded by sending my letter to the head of the Memphis Housing Authority, who at the time owned Beale Street. Mm. And um, 
anyway, I, I think about that. I think about, it's funny, that's another lesson, right? It's that little bit of encouragement to someone in high school that he, you know, from South Memphis, like, right. why is the mayor responding? And he did respond, and that always made an impression on me. And I ended up working in City Hall and on downtown, I think in part because of his encouragement, mm-hmm. oddly enough. And and for you to write him, you know, the context of your letter as a high school student, who's thinking about these things in high school? Well, no, no, but that's the good thing today. Yes. Kids in high school are thinking about today. those things. Yes. Today they are, and they're thinking about climate, and they're yes. thinking about guns, and they're thinking yes. about their safety. They're thinking about uh, preventing suicide. I mean, this generation is like, they're exposed to so they're, much information. So and they're doing something with it. Mm-hmm. They're they're the ones. I mean, they're not down about the future of that. The future has to be the way it is today. Mm-hmm. They're they're change agents, and I they love are, that. It's they like, are. Bring them on. <laughs> Carol, let me tell you, my my. I keep saying seventeen. He just had a birthday. My eighteen year old. I mean, he's always like, Mom, things are different now. Uh, What your dad and mom taught you back then is all different now. And I'm like, is it now? And we have these amazing debates. And just to listen to where his mind frame is, it's so much different from where my mind was and the direction I was going in as an 18-year-old that just graduated from high school. Yeah, this, again, this generation, I think, feels very empowered to make change. And uh, thank goodness for them. Hey, hey, it's Ina Esco on WYXR 91.7 FM Memphis, verbally effective live here in the studio with Carol Coletta, the president and CEO of Memphis River Parks Partnership. And we have been chit-chatting about her life and all of the amazing things that have come along the way. And now we're going to transition into a conversation about, would you say one of your biggest projects ever? It is. It's still uh, it's still my life. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> it's just the yes. current part of my life. The current part current. of your life. Yeah, we we manage uh, five miles of riverfront for the city of Memphis. We're a public-private partnership, so we work to um, we work with and for the people of Memphis to trigger the transformative power of the river, and that is what we're doing next with Tomley Park that is opening 12 days from 12 today. 12 days. We are on the countdown, Carol. Are we're, you ready? <laughs> we are a little <laughs> bit hair on fire, uh, but I think we'll be uh, as ready as one should be on opening day, where opening day you may find a little, you know, a few little problems here and there, but I think overall we'll be good. What sparked the, the, the need to redesign Tomley Park? It's a great question because in 2017 we commissioned a what was called a Memphis uh, Riverfront concept. Mayor Strickland called that together and to say, look, what should we be doing with our riverfront? We've been planning for it for a hundred years. We've got multiple, we've got multiple plans, but we've not um, we've not really robustly uh, executed on any of them. So what do we do now? And um, Studio Gang, uh, an architecture firm out of the uh, out of Chicago, took a look at all of those plans that had been done over, you know, a hundred years, and said, um, "Here's where we think your big opportunities are." We had at that point we had already uh, 
transformed to form two parks with Confederate associations. Um, and that are now River Garden and Fourth Bluff Park. And then we put together a 1.0 version of a bike ped trail called Riverline. And the big piece of property, the big piece of property that was lying very fallow um, was a Tomley Park, 30 acres right at the front door of the city. Mm -hmm. And I think it was the front door of the city that uh, made this park so special. and um, and it was working as a festival ground seven days a year, mm-hmm. but beyond that, it was not much of a park. It it was built on the Corps of Engineers dike, rock dike um, wall, uh, and it had very few trees, almost no landscaping. It had as you know probably as many cars in it as it did people. <laughs> so the idea was, how do we really think about making this the best front door for our city that we can make it right now uh, you know in its former uh, life it sort of conveyed the idea that Memphis is a sleepy river town mm. uh, because not much was going on there I live uh, close to the park not on the park but uh, I've lived in downtown since uh 1977 believe wow. it or not okay. and live right in the heart on Union Avenue between Front and Riverside well um, so I have met lots of tourists in my time. Mm-hmm. Uh, I feel like sometimes I should wear the green coat and say, <laughs> may I help you? Uh, because we interact with so many, and, and people would say, the river uh, boat um, uh, passengers would say, where are all the people? Mm. And so, so clearly that park was a great opportunity that was not being realized. And uh, so our job uh, was, we thought, to get the to make the most of the city's front door and communicate when you first see Memphis uh, at that um, at the edge of the river that you see an ambitious city, that that's what that piece of land would telegraph. And so we spent the last three years transforming it uh, into a great, I, I would put this, I've seen parks all over the world, I've seen public space all over the world, I've studied them all over the world, and I would put Tomley Park up against any mm-hmm. public space that I've seen. It, it has beautifully laid out for uh, as a place that can hold both really ambitious festivals as well as be a fabulous place to just engage in what I call park life mm-hmm. uh, 365 days a year. So yes. we'll open it um September 2nd is day one. Day one. And what will day one look like for the opening? Oh, day one is going to be, abs- it's going to be full of joy. It'll be fu- full of soulfulness. It'll be full of Memphis. Uh, and I'm excited. We're starting with a parade with the Lucky 7 Brass Band. Okay. Up at the top of the new Cutbank Bluff, our new ADA access down to the river. Uh, at the bottom of the river, we'll have, at the bottom of the bluff, we'll have, um, uh, some a few remarks from officials will cut the ribbon and process into the park the fountain will be on and uh, lucky seven will take us down to the new big 20,000 square feet under roof gorgeous uh, canopy sunset I heard canopy. About that canopy I uh, think I can see it outside of the uh, window <laughs> you can the sunset <laughs> canopy is just a- yes. astonishing and they'll will be met with the Tennessee mass choir 
um, singing an ecumenical blessing. We'll pr process down with the Tennessee Mass Choir leading um, and uh, have a beautiful ceremony at the second original Tom Lee sculpture. And then after that, at 1 o'clock, everything lights up in the park. We'll have mm. yoga. We'll have hula hooping. We'll have... Uh, we're going to teach you how to juggle if you want to know how to juggle. <laughs> we'll, uh, we'll have stilt walkers, uh, circus. Uh, we'll have circus uh, performers. We'll have music. We'll have double dutch. We'll have a big volleyball three-on-three -three tournament. Okay, I'm a volleyball player. There you go. There you go. <laughs> we'll have these uh, these groups of Memphis artists yes. doing these wonderful activations around the uh, new sculpture in the park by Theaster Gates called A Monument to Listening. Uh, the Gary Goyne Band starts mm. at 7. We've got this very cool um, something called the MP3 experiment where you've got to sign up, but you download the uh, the soundtrack, and at 5 o'clock in the evening, Saturday evening, um, people will engage with each other in the soundtrack for about 45 minutes in the TVA lawn. We're mm. really excited about that. So. It is, there'll be food, there'll be, you know, things for kids. We'll open the playground for the first oh, time. Wow. And the kids will, you know, have face painting and tattoos on their hands. And it's going to be such a fun day. And there's, there literally is something, we're teaching Latin dance. Okay. There you Ooh, go. That's up my alley, yes, too. Yes, yes, mine, too. <laughs> I love to dance. And so we're just going to have a great time that day. And... So much to do, so much to see. Uh, if the middle of the day just gets too hot for you, come in the evening. We'll be there until 10 mm -hmm. uh, when the park closes. And then we'll have events uh, also on Sunday and also on Monday. So this will be a three-day celebration. Um, and we just, we really want everyone to come and understand this. If you're a Memphian, I don't care what your house looks like. I don't care if you have a car. You own a piece of this park yes. this park is yours and so we want everybody to come down and and understand what they what they have now that is really there to be enjoyed by yes. everyone it sounds like there is definitely something for everyone and it's jam-packed festivities and I'm looking forward to coming definitely for day one because I got to get my uh, Zumba, my uh, Latino dancer. There my, you go. Yeah, there yeah. you go. <laughs> I love it. Yes, yes. Now, Carol, tell me during this project, with it coming along, what is one of the biggest lessons that you've learned about yourself and who were some of your biggest allies along the way? Oh, that's such a great question. I think what I've learned about myself is that you – you can't please everybody all the time. You have to have keep. You really can't get distracted on the day to day. You know, noise. Uh, there's always going to be noise. There's always going to be opposition. There always will be people who don't understand until they see see it. Right. Mm -hmm. I, I I'm a skeptic until I see it. Prove it. And you really just have to have ambition and persistence and just never 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 give up mm -hmm. and um and it's been it's really been a learning situation for me uh, i mean i'm 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 very dogged you know mm -hmm. i'm very dogged and um but i think i've never 
um, and I've been subjected over the, you know, my life. I've had a long life, and I've been subjected to a lot of ridicule for whatever. And, you know, people have tried to, there are times when I could have given up. Let me put it that way. I don't give up. I don't give up. Yeah. And uh, I don't give up on me, and I don't give up on this city. I won't give up on this city. And I think we are, we can do ambitious things, and it's just up to us. I mean, it's not like there's something in the water here or the air or the land that is holding us back. I mean, we can do what we set our minds to do and what we are willing to, you know, take those hills uh, to 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 get done. And uh, there have been so – I've got a phenomenal board. Uh, first, it was led by uh, uh, former auto owner Ray Pullman, who is just a beloved figure in town, and now Tyree Daniels, who's got the biggest heart of any person I've ever met. Um and as smart as can be, um, and can switch codes on just <laughs> like he's unbelievable. He can go high, low, he can go anywhere. And he's just been such a great partner. Um, you know, we've, we've definitely needed the support of the city of Memphis. Mm-hmm. We've had, I mean, we've raised $61 million wow. from a standing start during COVID. Mm. which is amazing so you know i could i could name so many people that have given their all to making this this happen Mm -hmm. uh corps of engineers has been a phenomenal partner um steve cohen stepped in in a big way i mean it's just i I could just i could the list is so long in fact we were putting together a list of of people you know to be invited to the opening, make sure they got an invitation, although the public is invited, obviously, Mm -hmm. uh, making a list of those who need to be recognized in the park for their donations. And the list is is quite long. And we have many people who gave $17 a month Mm. for several years to be visionaries, and they did it early in the project when there was really – you know, are they really going to get this done? I don't know. There's a lot of opposition. And they yeah. just, and they hung in with us. I mean, it, it's just, it's amazing. And again, that's what we can do when we all get together and do it together. Yes. I, and and I feel those same sentiments because I remember driving down Riverside Drive and looking at the construction prior to where we are today, like, what are we doing down here? Is this going to, you know, you, you always wonder, well, when is it going to open? And then you saw things dramatically change. And now here we are today. You know, I was just looking at some photographs when when all it was, I mean, they scraped the earth off because it was like concrete. So they scraped a lot of dirt off the park. And, of course, then it was the time of year where the wind was blowing. And all we were doing is getting complaints from nearby residents like, this wind, this dirt is blowing everywhere and of course construct now brooks is a building across from me and yesterday i was noticing the wind was blowing the dirt everywhere and you're thinking calm down (laughs) it's okay it's going to be a little dirty but wow the payoff is incredible and those tractors and the noise that's right that's right it's a part of the process it's a part of the process and it's funny because we have a lot of people come down to the park for tours and they they turn around and they look back up at what the Carlisles have built on the top of the bluff. Mm-hmm. Chance Carlisle with the two Hyatts and then the residents at the landing and now his new apartments right there at Vance. And people are like, 
what is that? I've never seen that. When, when did that get done? And all of a sudden, the city, while people are moaning and groaning, a lot of people are whining, there are people who are getting big stuff done okay. for Memphis. And, and people don't quite have a sense of how big it is until they get down in the park and, uh, and, and look back up and they go, wow, this place is changing. So a lot of it really depends on your perspective. I'll tell you the other reaction we get a lot when people, when we've been showing people the park in early, early days, they go, I can't believe this is Memphis. Mm. And it's like, believe it. Because believe this it. is what Memphis can look like when we all get together and work together and have ambition mm -hmm. about our city and believe in our city enough to invest in our city. So I, I think that to me is a is a great narrative that I hope the city embraces because this is not just about a park. This is the park, yes, the park is great. The park's wonderful. But this is not we're not doing this to build a park. Mm -hmm. We're not doing this to build a riverfront. We're not doing it really to build a downtown. We're really doing it to build a better Memphis. Mm -hmm. And the park can never succeed if downtown doesn't succeed. Downtown doesn't succeed if Memphis doesn't succeed. And I would say, and vice versa, it runs both ways. So this is, you know, we're building an, another asset that Memphis can claim um, for an ambitious future, right? Mm -hmm. It's a it's a building block, just like FedEx Forum was a building block. Yes, it was. And, you know, you got to get through a lot of noise, I could call it something else. You have to get through a lot of noise to do big things. That's true. That's true. It's all about building community right here in Memphis and taking care of what we have. Yes, taking care of what we have. But let me tell you, I know a lot about taking care of things because we take care of five miles of riverfront every mm -hmm. day. It's free and open to the public 24-7. Um, and so I know a lot about garbage. I know a lot about I know a lot about dog poop. I know a lot Ooh, about the people's dog poop. habits. Uh, uh, <laughs> and you know the fact is, and this is important. You know, we're we really. I mean, do we experience a few problems? Sure, but in the scheme of things, you have to you have to keep in mind. Like, okay, one percent, two percent, three percent, whatever. Maybe it's 5% of the public, they're knuckleheads. I mean, right? They're knuckleheads who are going to do crazy things. And But 95% of the people are just like, they just come to the riverfront for peace. Some peace. And call, peace. Yeah, peace is you number and one. I, it's so funny. You and I use the same word. Mm -hmm. We get that feedback all the time. I'm just here and it's the happiest families mm -hmm. and they're all so sweet and you know it's just it's such a good vibe it's like um it's so I have to keep because look I hate vandalism I hate vandalism mm -hmm. of public property I can't stand it I I don't like garbage I hate garbage I hate picking up garbage I hate picking up swisher sweet packages <laughs> You Not know, the Swisher Suite. I'm telling you, I hate picking up those <laughs> dang packages because they're always in two parts. But in fast food, is in three parts: one cup, mm -hmm. one top, and one straw. I know a lot about garbage, but but you got to remember that's a tiny percentage of the population, and most people are just good good folks. Yeah. And if we just keep our mindset on the good folks and let the good folks rub off on, you know. 
that's what you want. That's what you want in any community, throughout the community. And certainly, I think we have it on the riverfront. Yes. And you know what? I love water. It's something about being near water and the energy that it gives me and the peace that it gives me but now we have some beautiful landscape to look at and enjoy and some shade and some shade shade you need shade these days (laughs) if this summer has taught us anything it's going to it's that we are going to need more and more shade yes how much time do you spend at the park as it is right now because you when you come to concert you are sweating because you've been out in those elements at the park it seems like you spend a lot of time there you noticed i was sweating yes (laughs) (laughs) i spend well you see i really don't i mean i walk a lot living Mm -hmm. downtown i mean i i I walk almost everywhere. That's mm-hmm. why I know a lot about sidewalks and garbage. Um, but I I spend, so I spend a lot of time in the park. I spend a lot of, I, I say in the park. When I say the park, I've got five miles of parks. Mm-hmm. And um, and so I'm out there all the time, at all times, day and night. Um, and, you know, observing, uh, I mean, enjoying it myself. Um, I always think, will there be a day when I reclaim the the mantle of just, you know, patron and not, I'm in charge here, so I have to photograph every ill and send it to my <laughs> head of properties management. Right. He's like, please don't go walk. Please don't go walk. <laughs> Look at this. I, I'm gonna I'm gonna get all these photographs by text, but um, but that's how. I mean, I would honestly, I would put our riverfront in terms of its cleanliness and landscaping up against any free and open public space anywhere not just in memphis but anywhere uh anywhere so uh, it's a beautiful space for memphians to enjoy and to care for Mm -hmm. uh, and to care for each other yes now i want to do a moment of full transparency between you and i carol who is carol coletta outside of memphis river parks partnership Uh, my family might claim no one. <laughs> I tend to get consumed by whatever job I'm working in. And I love my work. I mean, mm-hmm. my, my work is great. But, oh, I don't know anymore. Um, you know, I, I am I'm probably first and foremost a lover of cities. And uh, when I get a chance to enjoy other, you know, other, other cities, I do uh, in that um, – I always learn something from them that, that I feel like I can bring back home. Uh, I love to dance, as I said. Yes. I love to dance. When the music starts, I'm happy to be the dance facilitator, meaning the first person okay. on the dance floor. Um, and uh, and I love uh, I love my home. I love my dog. I'm a dog lover. Oh, you're a dog mom. I'm a dog mom, and it okay. kind of came to me late in life. Late in life, I became a dog mom, and of course, I'm totally obsessed with it. I am a mom of a of not just a dog, but a real person. A real, uh, a real person who's my uh, who's my. She just we can finish each other's sentences, and uh, oh, wow. she's just fabulous. She's mm-hmm. so unlike me. She's um, she's an adventurer, a physical adventurer. She owns a big restaurant in the Design District in Miami. Okay. I'm very proud of her. And um, she's just wonderful, and I'm also blessed to have a great sister that, um, in, in living in Memphis, and her husband and their family are just, you know, we're, in fact, her son 
and his wife and their new child live downtown. Wow. And, uh, in fact, they lived in our place when we were um, living in Chicago for eight years. And so we're we're all close-knit, and um, I value them very much. And then I just – I'm blessed to know so many just amazing people. And um, coming back to Memphis – I mean, I've kept my home in Memphis for, you know – all these my entire life but I've lived other places and worked other places and um, and when I came back here full-time in 2016-17 I just realized there were there was a lot of life to catch up on and I am the create the creative people here doing just things that surprise me all the time Mm -hmm. it's so I'm like oh I wish I were Sometimes, I, you know, you wish you could do it all over again mm-hmm. because you think, oh, what a great time to live. And then I think, well, also the good news is um, I'm, I, I am I, – in the last year I had, uh, I had cancer, which sounds so odd even to say. But mm. it caught – there were a couple of times during that, that period where I really had to kind of take stock and say, mm-hmm. well, okay, if it's all over – Am I happy? Am I, you know, right. did I do the things I wanted to do? And I had to, you know, it's not self-satisfaction, but just like, yeah, I'm, I'm good. You know, I've, I'm good. I mean, I've made a mm, thousands of mistakes, uh, countless mistakes. But, You've been living. But, but yes, exactly. Mm-hmm. You don't live without mistakes. But I, I hope I've been living and learning uh, from those mistakes and, and just to be able to embrace a, a life fully lived is a is a really um you know it, it's a peaceful thing we were talking about peace earlier mm-hmm. it, it gives you a certain kind of peace and and uh, and I think that uh that's a that's that's a very uh, comforting thing to be able to say yeah I'm, I'm I'm good with it so I think there's a lot more life to live I can't yes, wait to you know uh, I hope do more for Memphis uh, um, I, there's some research I'd like to dig into uh, to see what really works on the ground on a couple of issues and I hope I'll have a little more time to do that if I can think less about garbage and a little <laughs> more about the research uh, that might be a good way yes. to sort of toggle my uh, life and the way I spend my time on the next few years. Amazing. And you're, you're currently recording a podcast. I am. I, I really want to get the the story of how Tom Lee Park was built because I think it, it um, teaches us lessons about how to get big controversial things done in cities. And uh, I'll be, I'm going to start with Tom Lee Park, but then I'm going to continue and, and interview people who've done projects uh, in other cities uh, that would also had opposition and controversy, mm-hmm. but they persisted and they got it done. And, and what were those lessons so that all of us can learn from, you know, sort of take those lessons uh, uh, from these projects. And uh, at this moment where cities have been challenged, downtowns have certainly been challenged all around the country, all around the world, um, it's a moment where I think we need to learn from each other and and um, hold on to ambition for our cities and not not let people get
get so isolated from one another that we don't understand how to that we are stronger together than we are apart and we have to rely on each other and and build something together called community and that for me is um I, I, that is a real passion of mine and it uh, I've been able to pursue that through lots of different jobs and mm-hmm. of lots of different types but I feel like in a lot of ways that is the thread that holds it all together but like I said earlier only in the rearview mirror only in the rearview mirror Carol Coletta I have enjoyed you so much just listening about your life your many adventures what you're currently doing you are definitely building community right here in Memphis Tennessee and so passionate about this city I am I'll tell you what I as I said to you I think uh, earlier I feel like Memphis is my child. Like, I can criticize it, but don't you criticize okay. it. Okay, <laughs> okay. You know, because uh, I I just, I have a real love for the city, as so many people do. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's that's what, listen, there are a lot of people in this town willing to work and work and work to make it better. And, you know, we just all have to find each other, get together, not fuss and fight, and, you know, like, like honor what you do i mean look at you i came in i didn't know you you i mm-hmm. came into Cosset and i said i want to get a podcast started again yes. but i never did the production side and you were so fabulous and gracious to yes. me and welcoming what if everyone were like let me share what if what if what if we all I can make you stronger. You can make me stronger. You know, like I know I sound like Pollyanna sometimes, like, but really, that you welcomed me, and it was just, and now I feel like you're my friend. I am your friend, Carol. So, anyway, I, I think that is, it can happen over and over and over in this big, uh, friendly, uh, tough, uh, authentic, challenging <laughs> town. Yes, it can. It definitely can. What if, what if the possibilities are endless? Carol, let everyone know how they can uh, check out everything that's going on with the opening on September 2nd. Is there a uh, website they can go to? Thank you for the prompt, TomLeeFark.org. <laughs> and uh, go check it out. The The first three days are going to be magnificent introduction, but then really what we're doing is we're just showing off the park's best features to help people get to know them and then you know they're going to bring a lot of themselves and uh, to the park and you can have fun every day it doesn't matter if we programmed one thing the park is uh, is very special tomleepark.org what about your social media do you have social media handles I that we do. can keep it's, up with you with see coletta see coletta everywhere on all platforms yeah. mm-hmm we're going to check you out, see Coletta, and continue to follow your journey. You are indeed verbally effective. Can I say that? <laughs> Thank you very yes. much. That's high compliment coming from yes, you. Yes, yes, you are. Any parting words as we close out Verbally Effective Podcast? You know, I think just, just be positive, think positive, be optimistic, be ambitious for our city, and be kind. Be kind. Just that alone. Be kind. Be kind. Yes. Well, thank you so much, Carol Coletta. You are indeed amazing. The president and CEO of Memphis River Parks Partnership. And we didn't talk much about um, your anointment of the 100 most influential urban planning experts. I want to say congratulations on it. How did you feel when you got that? 
prestige. <laughs> me? You? Uh, <laughs> me? Uh, that was the way I reacted. But it's, hey, it's great. And talk about, you know, yes. uh, uh, very special, uh, very special. It's I am. Indeed an honor. Yeah, it's an honor. And it's, uh, it's an honor and it's uh, special. It means something to me. But, but the main thing is, you know, am I have I learned enough to to use it to make Memphis better really that's that's mm -hmm. always been the goal and um and I hope I brought some of that to uh the work on the riverfront yes I I know that you have uh Carol thank you so much for joining me today on the verbally effective podcast I pray that your opening is everything that you want it to be Thank you so much. Yes. You guys visit TomLeePark.org for all the details of the opening day one on September 2nd. It is going to be lovely. Thank you once again, Carol Coletta, right here on Verbally Effective Podcast.